Well, hello there. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are enjoying our Etsy seller series. I personally cannot wait to listen to messages left for us on the podcast. It has been super fun to listen to your guys' responses and see what you have to say about Etsy. Not to mention, I'm learning so much from your shops and what you're doing. This week, we're going to be talking to Kim from the Candle and Card Co. Kim has been selling on Etsy since 2014, and she has some amazing advice for those of you out there who are thinking that Etsy should be easier and maybe you're making it too hard. And, you know, why do people even do this if it's difficult? She's also going to tell you how to approach your shop in a way that makes it work better. Kim's going to talk you through all the craziness that she's been through since 2014. And trust me, she reveals a lot, but she's also going to tell you whether she thinks it was all worth it in the end. And if you should start now when it's even harder than it was back when she started in 2014. So let's have a listen and see what her honest opinion is. Hi, my name's Kim and I run the Candle and Card Co. I'm going to answer the question, what do you wish you had known when you started selling on Etsy? I wish I'd known how much time it takes to build a business online. I've been selling on Etsy since 2014 and I still haven't managed to make a full-time income, although I am getting there. Naively, I thought it would be a part-time, easy way of making a living. I knew about SEO because I used to build websites in the days of Dreamweaver and HTML coding but I had no clue that I would need to use that to determine my product titles, the keywords, etc. And it's so time consuming. Although I love the research aspect of it, it's like being an online detective. I also didn't realize how many different tools I would need or use to be able to sell professionally on Etsy. I use Marmalade, Strokey Rank, Tailwind, Cordial, online shipping uh, systems. Then, of course, there's all the um, social media that you have to get involved in. Pinterest is my favorite and where I get the majority of my external traffic from. But of course, there's Facebook and Twitter, and I've only just started trying to get to grips with um, Instagram. I think you have to have a resilience. You have to pick yourself up and push yourself. You have to keep re-motivating yourself after each setback. If you're the type of person that gives up at the first failure, you won't make it. I envisage myself in my craft room, making products every day, just really being very creative. I didn't realize that to succeed, you have to spend as much time on marketing and administration, if not more. I probably do more of those than I do producing products. When I think back to some of the unbelievably complex cards I used to make in the early days, I don't know how I thought I would have time to produce those on a commercial basis. It's a very difficult situation to deal with. You have to find a way to produce your handmade products on a fast time scale. It took me years to stop feeling as if I had somehow sold out on my crafty aspirations. But logically, you cannot produce complex handmade products and sell large quantities. You have to make a decision. Well, actually, in some ways, it isn't even you that makes a decision. The decision is is partly made with regard to the type of products that you sell, them fitting in within the constraints of that niche. Price, shipping scenarios, the language of your market. There's so many complex considerations to think about. As an example, I sell greeting cards. If I spend three hours making a card, nobody's going to pay me for that. 
If you make gorgeous hand-blown glass, the cost of packaging to ship is going to be a big factor in your selling strategy. I've actually found it easier to deal with one or two aspects of selling online. Do research until I feel confident. Test the market. You have to be very patient and not give up. You have to keep trying until something sticks. And there'll be many things that you think are fantastic and then you try to sell them. And for whatever reason, they just don't move. And a lot of the time I found that's to do with keywords, which I hadn't realized for many years. I also believe that you probably need over 200 products in your shop to really start selling on a regular basis with the right keywords. Of course, that does depend on your niche. Obviously, greeting cards on Etsy is a very saturated market. There are many, many positive things about Etsy that I love. Uh, I like the fact that they give newbies a bump up. We all have to start somewhere. And starting out now is much more difficult than it was in 2014. There's a hell of a lot more sellers now. Would I do it all again? Yes, without a doubt. I love it. Wow, you guys, Kim went through a lot for us. I'm going to sum up some of the important points and talk about my take on them so you know what to do moving forward. Now, from Kim's perspective, it took a long time to make this work. Basically, she was saying you need to be an online detective and you have to use a lot of tools to make it all work for you because, I mean, honestly, you're just one person, right? So it's not like you can have a full staff of people doing stuff for you. So many of us think that Etsy is all about waking up every day, making stuff, being creative and being done with it. And a lot of people kind of market Etsy that way, where it's like, hey, all you have to do is be creative and then money will just come to you. Well, that's not true. And that's not true in any business. What Kim has observed is true no matter what you choose to do on the internet. So if you're sitting at home thinking to yourself, you know, I'd really like to start on Etsy or I'd really like to make my Etsy shop work, but it's just not working. Kim's advice is so amazing. In fact, just the other day I was on a webinar. It was a free webinar. It was about money and pricing your Etsy products. If you want to listen to it, I'm going to link it below because it is free. But this money webinar, someone commented that they had two products and they'd priced them really authentically, but they were really confused because why weren't they selling, right? So if you've priced your products correctly, they should just sell. That was her assumption. And I understand why she made that assumption. It makes total sense. If you've priced it correctly, your product is beautiful, you've got it listed on Etsy, why do things not sell when they're perfect in every way? I come across sellers like this all the time, that their items should be selling and they're not. And the reality of our seller was she had even said in the comments, I have two items in my shop. I've priced them authentically. They're beautiful. Why aren't they selling? Like, I don't believe authentic pricing works. And I mean, honestly, that statement makes so much sense. Except there's one thing that a lot of us just don't know about selling on Etsy or getting started that prevents us from making any progress at all. And a lot of those things are what Kim talked about. But number one is... You can't survive without a decent amount of items. It's just not going to work because the reality is on Etsy and on anywhere online, on Google, on Amazon, even if you created your own marketplace, this would still be true. The internet is a very large place. There are millions of people interacting with Etsy right this moment as we're speaking. I can't believe that millions of people are interacting with Etsy in some way right now. A lot of them are buyers. And if there's millions of people, millions of products, putting two items in your shop isn't going to do much because think about it. You're a needle in the haystack. If you have two items and there are, you know, nine million items on Etsy that are like yours, 
What are the chances I'm going to find your items even if you have flawless SEO? Think about how many items come up in search. Think about how many people are searching for that item. Think about how many other options there are out there. And if I'm seeing page after page after page of your competition's items, well, then I'm not even going to get a chance to see yours or click on them. But if I'm seeing page after page of your items mixed with your competition's items, oh, well, suddenly you have a much bigger chance. This is a little bit of what Kim alluded to when she was talking about SEO, doing research and testing the market, having a decent amount of items. These things are important. The bottom line is, and Kim observed this beautifully, the people who succeed on Etsy, online in general, or make any kind of money online, they are stubborn. They are willing to come back for more. When failure occurs, when you're doing something, whether it's online or not, a lot of us as adults, we're just like, oh my God, that was jarring. I haven't failed in a long time. I'm so used to doing things that I do all the time. Maybe I'm just going to stop doing this. It's too hard. I I don't want to experience that pain. I don't want to be in discomfort. My brain didn't like that. Let's stop. But stubborn business owners like Kim know that if you're willing to take that failure and ask yourself, okay, what could I have done that would have made things different? Or what do I not know that led me to this situation? What can I research about this that'll help me know more so I can succeed a little bit more next time? or so I can do things completely differently. A lot of what Kim learned about this came to complex items. She was saying, I can't believe I made these you know, super complex cards that took me three hours to make in the beginning because how am I ever gonna make money like that? And she's so right. No one's gonna pay you for three hours of your time making a card because cards just aren't gonna be able to be priced that high. So you kind of have to think about if the highest I can price my item is say five to $10, depending on what you're selling. And I'm not saying that $10 is the max for what you should charge on Etsy, but I'm saying in Kim's case with cards, you usually don't see them above $10. So if you're in a situation where it's like the max price I could charge is five to $10. Okay. How much work am I willing to do for that five to $10 sale? The answer should be a couple minutes of work. Or it should be you're selling digital stuff, so you do the work once and you get paid for it over and over again. And Kim realized that, but it took her a while to realize that. So she suffered in between. She was really working her butt off when she could have been spending that time doing other things. For those of us sellers who just love experimenting and researching online and playing with new things, Etsy can be amazing. I know for a lot of you, marketing, SEO, all these things are big and scary, but the reality of them when you do them is that they can be fun. You don't have to use Instagram if you don't want to. If you'd rather use Pinterest and just go hard on that, you can, and it will work just as well as using two or three or four platforms because you're not dividing your time. Kim is starting to discover this too, and I'm so excited for her. The reality is when it comes to anything you do on Etsy, it might take a couple more steps than you think it does. I just like to take my time. I don't like to assume everything's going to take off immediately and that I should be waiting for it to do so. I like to give things six to 12 months to really make progress. And during that time, I like to kind of be gentle with myself, try things one at a time. If I like it, I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to work harder at it and learn more about it. So that way I become better and better and better at it. Then next thing you know, a year from now, you know, you're a Pinterest expert. You have millions of views every single day and it just sort of happened overnight. It, It can be more painless if you want it to be. You can choose whether you're expecting yourself to succeed instantly and therefore you'll suffer if you don't, or if you're expecting yourself to make gradual progress and you're going to be okay with gradual progress, with failure, with discomfort, and you're going to figure your way out of it. 
you can make Etsy a super calm experience. And sometimes having this meandering experience like Kim did, and honestly, like I did too in the beginning, I don't know anyone who didn't have this meandering experience. Having it where you try things, they don't work, or you try things and they do something unexpected, or you're just kind of waiting for something to happen and nothing is happening and you're upset about it. Having those experiences are their own form of failure where you might learn that I don't want to be upset about this. I don't really want to be miserable. I want this to be fun. So screw all this stuff that people are telling me to do. I'm going to try these things that make me happy and I'm going to see if they work and I'm going to adjust them until they do work. And that's a big part of what I was hearing in Kim's story and what she was learning now. Look at how many adjustments she made. She had to add more products. She realized a decent amount of items is the only thing that's going to sell. She has to do research and test the market. She took her complex items and made them simpler. And she's spending a lot of time on marketing and admin versus making items, which is totally different than how she started out. That is four major things that Kim adjusted in order to get where she is now. And only by being resistant, as she called it, was the way that she was able to get there in the first place. So keep this in mind with your own Etsy shop. And I hope you guys enjoyed Kim's interview so much. Please don't hesitate to check out her shop, The Candle and Card Co. I'm going to link it for you below. And please also check out this podcast. We have reduced the price significantly. If you guys want to support us during Corona and you want to continue hearing more from other sellers, please do hit the subscribe button. That will give you access to our stuff for a donation of $5 a month or $50 a year and we will keep these coming for as long as you guys are willing to hear them but your donation makes a huge difference does cost about 400 bucks a month for this podcast just to exist your donations not only make a huge difference for me to be able to pay my podcast editors but they also make a huge difference for me being able to talk to more and more sellers like you and get information like this out there for everyone completely free so please feel free to hit that subscribe button if you want to support us Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to come at you with our next episode. Because the fact is that failure, oh my God, everything is just freaking out at me right now. Sorry about this. Hang on. Also, I can hear my husband peeing in the background. Hopefully you can't hear that. (laughs) (laughs) when you come across failure (laughs) there's a text message (laughs) when you this is just a mess today hello whoever's editing this i apologize for the mess um okay so bye